Welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Melissa. I'm Kat. And I'm Jimmy. And after much delay, we are finally talking about Season 3, Episode 10, Earth 101, which uh, is an episode I think we all love and is universally recognized as one of the best of the series. Oh, wait, no, no, wait, no. sorry, that's not right at all. No, we, we all, I think we all dislike this episode immensely. <laughs> well, this episode has a very special place in my heart as the episode of So Weird that I absolutely hate, despise, <laughs> feel very strongly of, and am still pissed off about this episode after all of these years. Before we get into the episode, let me just say that I remember watching this pro- the promos for this episode as a child, and it made it very clear that the gang was on a trip to go see Fee. They were going home for Thanksgiving, and the goal of the episode was to go home to see Fee. Keywords here being Fee Fee. So little nine-year-old me thought, oh my god, we're going to see Fiona again. Fee's coming back. Yay! I was so hyped up for this episode, and then I'm still pissed off that I did not get what those promos promised me. Yeah, it's a total, um, total false lead. Fiona is not actually in the episode. Um, the closest we get is at the very end. We see a, and from a distance, we see somebody who sort of, kind of matches Cara Delazia's body type. Run up and hug. Uh, Molly, and then we hear what is obviously a canned bit of dialogue of her saying mom, and um, yeah, no, she's not in it, guys. It's a total ripoff. They totally fucking lied to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> and when this episode first aired, there was I believe a So Weird Marathon going on. It was in November around Thanksgiving time, and my parents had a friend of my dad's over for dinner. I don't think it was the real Thanksgiving, but it was around November time. And he had two dogs, Bear and Hose, and he was a good guy. And I spent that entire dinner in my parents' room watching TV because they had a TV in their room. I didn't have a TV in my room at that point. And I was watching so weird, waiting for this episode to come on. And it still bothers me that I missed out on that dinner because of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, this is the disappointing one to uh, <laughs> have to miss out on. Though I don't know about you guys, you know, we're recording this episode in the middle of October. We are knee deep in the Halloween season, and here we are talking about Thanksgiving, which is, in my opinion, the worst of all the major holidays. Because listen, you know, the whole moral of this episode is how Thanksgiving is about family and love and connectiveness, and how this. How this could actually bring about intergalactic peace. And I don't know about you guys, but listening to my dad and my uncle argue about politics while I make a (laughs) volcano out of mashed potatoes and gravy is not really peaceful and soothing to me, nor do I think it is the secret to intergalactic codependence and happiness. I don't know how you feel about Thanksgiving, but in my opinion, you basically gather around with people you do not like, eating food you do not want to eat, and then falling asleep on the couch out of sheer boredom and depression. That's how I feel about Thanksgiving. Well, I like Thanksgiving, but 
but it really irks me that in this episode they use thanksgiving as something to study as a human experience from an alien point of view keyword being human there is no mention of it being part of american culture like a universal holiday and it's not well yes there is that problem but they do uh, specify that it's on this part of the planet so uh, there is that i mean okay but yeah you know I, I guess the um i mean i know so weird aired in other parts of the world i mean I, i'm just curious if we have any intercontinental so weird fans and how they feel about this episode that paints thanksgiving as this cornerstone of human civilization yeah uh-huh. And honestly, I agree with you, Zach, on the earlier point. I honestly also hate Thanksgiving and the holiday <laughs> season in general because I, I hope my family doesn't uh, listen to this. I don't think they do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just really do not like spending that much time with my family. <laughs> and uh, Thanksgiving is honestly the worst. Yeah, it, it totally blows ass, you guys. It's just, it's just the fucking worst. I mean, okay. And, and first off, I just want to get this out here. You know, I, I, I know I'm Jewish, but ham is vastly superior to turkey. I will not eat the foul bird. The, uh, you know, I will not accept the presidential pardon. All turkeys are horrible, g- guzzard, guttered birds, and they will have no place on my dinner table. <laughs> Take that dry shit somewhere else. Interesting yeah. that you mentioned turkey because. I feel like even though this episode has that theme of Thanksgiving, there was another episode where we opened up with Tom the Turkey. And the opening of this episode reminds me of that episode James Gar a little bit. Okay. Because the opening uh-huh. of this episode is very visually striking. We have this mouse maze that looks pretty cool, but then Annie starts talking and it's all downhill from there. wanting <laughs> to be invested in that scientific research but then the question of what makes a rabbit a rabbit and what makes a human a human, it's just so hokey. Like this corny, watered-down version of Bee's speech from James Gar. I mean, it's just season three. That's all that is. But um... Yeah. Yeah, and then we go into zooming out of that maze mouse theme to seeing these badly CGI done aliens watching the scientists on some kind of futuristic screen. It's, it's a no for me. It's too cheesy, and it does not hold up at all. Well, you know, I do like the general premise of the episode, just because I love the idea that alien abduction is nothing more than... I mean, think about how when humans go out and they do research on aquatic animals, dolphins or sharks or whatever, they pluck them up out of their world, put them on a strange vessel, tag them, and drop them back into the water. And if you just transpose that to where it's a human perspective, that's exactly what an alien abduction is. And I love this idea of alien interaction as a very kind of scientific, almost zoological thing. Um, so conceptually, it's cool, but in execution, it leaves quite a bit to be desired. Yeah, it's a cringe fest. I yeah. mean, for, first off, you know, the, these aliens who are named uh, Heather and Simon, okay, I'm assuming that's not their real names. Uh, I mean, they're, they're omniscient. They're like... They, they can do anything. Their powers extend over all the realms of physics and reality, apparently. They can just snap their fingers and make anything appear. Which is why I believe that these are not aliens. They are posers. This show <laughs> has done aliens before. It's shown us aliens in memory and listen. These guys are not aliens. And even if they could shapeshift, how do they know English? How are they so goddamn stupid about basic <laughs> human things 
Oh yeah, I know they, like, they are obnoxious. Trying to understand humans, which was already done, but this is just so much worse. Yeah, they're super super annoying. <laughs> I mean, and the uh, the actors, Frank, um, Michelle Harrison and uh, Courtney J. Stevens. You know, they they've done a lot of other things. I'm just looking at their IMDb page. They've done a ton of television and movies. My favorite credit is uh, Michelle Harrison was in a name. In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale where she plays Hysterical Woman. That's my favorite uh, credit of hers. And, um, and yeah, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, like, is it fair to say they're giving bad performances? Because, I mean, they're definitely, like, annoying. And you don't want to spend time with them. Um, yeah. But I, I hate to beat up on the actors, but, I mean, I genuinely feel like they're do they, they give bad performances. Oh, and also the uh, the guy... Courtney J. Stevens was apparently in a porno called Little Shop of Erotica. So, uh... oh my god, <laughs> I wouldn't even put it on the actors because the actors can only do so much with a script if the script is garbage, and this one is. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, though, though, to clarify the the bit about the guy being in a porn, I don't think he was one of the performers. He's apparently he plays a waiter, so I, I doubt he was uh, <laughs> uh, involved. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, and I will say this about this episode. You know, it's super duper annoying. The whole Fiona is thing is super misleading and very, very disappointing. But I will say I do like Molly in this episode. I do like Mackenzie's performance because she's just so desperate to get back to her daughter. She really, really wants to see her daughter again. And it just makes you hate those aliens more and more because everything they do is meant to prevent her from getting to Fee. And it becomes kind of sadistic after a while. I mean, by the point where she's on the bicycle and they cause the bicycle chain to break, it's like, Jesus, give her a, you know, let her have this. I mean, why are you just being so awful to her? I feel so bad for Molly. Like she's on the verge of tears for 50% of this episode. Yeah, I feel bad for her, but uh, she's so out of character. It's just, yeah, it's like any other episode where she's out of character, but this one goes overboard with it. I agree. What I noted was one of the earlier scenes when Molly is in the store, she is impatiently bouncing up and down and whining to Ned to go like she's a child. That plus the fact that she's wearing pigtails makes her look so childish in this episode. The pigtails are cute, though. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't help her case when she's bouncing around and whining, oh, come on, can we go yet? I mean, she's really excited to see her daughter. And, and you know, the audience is in the exact same place. I mean, I, I guess was, when you were watching this for the first time when it aired in 2001, you must have been like, oh, man, Fiona's going to be going to show up. Come on, mm-hmm. you know. And then it actually know. stuck out to me about how Molly has this line about this being the longest they've gone without Faye. And then watching it now, I was just like, oh, Molly, you have no idea the pain (laughs) that I've been through. (laughs) That's funny. Um, And, you know, man, I mean, we've talked before about how the just complete casual, non-committal way everybody reacts to weird stuff happening. And this is a really bad example of that because you have – coincidence upon coincidence i mean the, the the bus breaking down there being a mysterious vehicle and then a tv and three full made-up thanksgiving turkeys appear out of nowhere and nobody at any point i mean okay yes i say oh that's really weird but like if it was me i would be doubting my you know sanity i would be thinking i would be losing my mind you know <laughs> like there there's a glitch in the matrix nobody 
freaks out in an appropriate level, I think. Agreed. And the lack of response from Jack in particular, definitely most of all on the scene with the magic trophies, it's just downright unsettling. At least Molly admits it's weird. Jack doesn't even try to come up with an explanation or say that they're dreaming or anything. He's just rolling with it. And that's so out of character for him. Though yeah. it does, you know, I would have loved to have seen, like, like, hey, this is a, a prompt for the fan fiction writers out there. You know, when they're sitting around the Thanksgiving table at, you know, the house telling Fiona about all the weird shit that happened. I mean, I bet she would be find that fascinating, you know. But um... <laughs> I did like that when the turkeys do appear, Jack, like, kind of hits the nail on the head because Clue goes... Is this food government-inspected food? And then Jack says, yeah, the government of Mars. <laughs> so he, like, he hit the nail right on the head, like, that it was actually probably from Mars. I don't know. You've been very, you've been very quiet, Jimmy. Uh, what are your opinions on Thanksgiving as a holiday? Are you pro or nay? <laughs> yay or nay? Well, well, I grew up not really celebrating holidays, but I have been to a few Thanksgiving holidays, and... Um, Canadian Thanksgiving was just what October seventh, so I guess it's kind of fitting that we're doing it now because okay. Canadian Thanksgiving did just pass. Um, but I this episode definitely is not my favorite. One of my favorite aspects of it is just like that they discuss the Panther with with Annie, and also that we do get that little tidbit that Fee is kind of the center of the episode. But other than that, it is a really bad episode. Uh, now, just out of curiosity, do they eat the same stuff at Canadian Thanksgiving? Do you have, yeah. like, cotain or something? You know, <laughs> uh, I'm sure they do eat turkey, and, you know, I think it's just like American Thanksgiving. It's just a different date. It's like a month oh. earlier. Okay, I'm, I'm glad our neighbors to the north co-opted us, co-opted that from us. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and they did mention that they were in the Rocky Mountains. I don't know, are they in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado, or in the, are they in the Rocky Mountains of BC? I don't know. It I mean, should be Colorado because yeah. they're going home for Thanksgiving. Yeah, they're heading to Hope Springs, so they're in Colorado. Oh, oh okay. Oh, I didn't I know if they, they were going to Aunt Melinda's. Uh, I thought they were headed to Aunt Melinda's, which is in uh, Seattle, I believe. Not Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Wait. It's in Washington somewhere. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> well, the Rocky. there are no Rocky Mountains in Washington, uh, as somebody who lives here. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I think the uh, the show writers were a little confused themselves. They say Aunt Melinda is picking Carrie and Irene up from the airport. So maybe they did travel to the Hope Springs house. Is that where they pulled up at the end? Was Molly and, you know, their house in Hope Springs? Or, I don't know, the house at the end. Was that the house in Hope Springs that they bought at the beginning of the season? Or was it Aunt Melinda's house? It would make more sense that it would be an ant's house. Yeah. So many, so many questions are being raised by this episode, right? You know. <laughs> I'm very confused. Or maybe it would be the Bell's house. Oh, that makes sense. Because Carrie's already there. <clears throat> Irene wasn't traveling with them. Well, she traveled with Carrie, and Melinda and Fee picked Carrie and Irene up from the airport. Okay. So they traveled there earlier than the rest of the gang. Maybe it was the Bell's house in Hope Springs. Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, Jimmy brought up Annie, and I want to say she actually has a pretty small role in this episode. I mean, she's the one out there talking to the aliens, and she explains the moral of the wonderfulness of the debatable wonderfulness of Thanksgiving <laughs> to them. And 
Um, and, you know, she doesn't really have very much to do, though. She mostly just kind of sits around for large stretches of the episode being very maudlin, missing her own parents. And, you know, guys, I know I've not been uh, keeping up with season three to the degree that everybody else has. But when was it mentioned that Annie's parents are in the Middle East? Is, is this new uh, information? First episode that she was in, so Lightning Rod. Uh, they uh, Lisa mentions that her husband or Annie's dad is... Uh, off to Pakistan, finding a house or a tent for them. Ah, okay, all right. Well, I completely forgotten this piece of, this piece of information. So, yeah. And also, what is the significance of the little silver pinball they give Annie at the end? There, does that ever come up again? Is is that significant well, at all? That's the tracker that they've been putting on the whole gang at the beginning of the episode when Molly and Ned are in the store. They plant a tracker in the back of Molly and Ned's neck. Right, right. They they dart them, and neither find this unusual or strange or worth of, worthy of commentary. Uh, they just kind of look to the side. Okay, but they treat this this thing as if it's super significant and it will be important going forward, and it's never mentioned again, right? No. Okay. All right. I mean, is that weird? I think I think that's weird, or not like so weird, but like just weird, weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is very weird. Another issue with discontinuity is at the end of the episode, Annie offers them a ride. And why didn't Molly tell her about the no hitchhikers rule? No, it was Molly. Uh, Molly. Molly originally asked if they wanted a ride. And I thought about the no hitchhikers rule. Yeah, but and Annie offered them a ride again at the end of the series when they just magically popped up again. Maybe it was because they were stranded in the middle of nowhere and the gang are like, you know, they're kind people, so they weren't going to, like, leave them stranded, you know? They should yeah. have. I feel like Molly should have reinstated the no hitchhikers rule. Yeah. A great work on Molly's behalf there. Let's just invite these two complete weirdos, these very, very <laughs> strange people onto our bus. You know, I mean, that's that's fine. Let's have them near the, you know, my 15-year-old foster daughter and all this mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> And then also, I feel like Annie is so dumb for taking the time to explain humans to the aliens. Like, she doesn't try to find out what their agenda is or who they really are. She asks them once, and then she's like, LOL, okay, bye. <laughs> and that I think it's because she realizes the ridiculousness of it all with them. You know, that would have been a hell of a twist ending. Molly's like, oh, yeah, Thanksgiving friendliness, blah, blah, blah. And the aliens look to each other and say, prepare the invasion fleet. And all these flying saucers come out from behind the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, please continue, Melissa. Anyways, I was uh, about to say that a few of my favorite moments of the episode are to do with Annie. Basically, that eye-roll moment when she's trying to describe how family works and they still don't get it. And she just turns around, rolls her eyes, like, oh my god, what is this? <laughs> and then uh, a little bit later, uh, when Molly is riding off on her bike and they break the chains, she like goes off on them because they just don't understand and uh, goes off to uh, hug Molly. It's a sweet moment. Yeah, because they say, is she crying because her vehicle broke? And she goes, she's crying because she can't get to her daughter. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's just one of these things. Like, if these aliens are so powerful and 
you know, they, they can literally change, rewrite the rules of physics when I'm at a whim, but they're too stupid to understand, like, basic human emotions. I mean, like, what weird robot world do these people come from? I mean, you know, you know man, I mean, oh, this episode just makes me mad. <laughs> I feel like they're not real aliens. I feel like it would make more sense for them to be, like, alien wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Why else can they just, like, snap their fingers and make stuff appear? It doesn't make sense for aliens to have that ability. There needs to be that wizard element to explain it. I, I mean, it's as if the episode was written on a cocktail napkin. You know, I don't think this one spent <laughs> much time in the writer's room. It feels very sloppy. The The interior logic does not yeah. hold up. <laughs> and yeah. then I also feel like overall, Molly seems out of character and childish in this episode. Kind of like in the episode Snapshot when her soul gets sucked out, where she feels like a shadow of her former self. But I will say say that molly is the only one who has a sense to say screw this and try to get out of being stranded by bike and then her failure from alien interference is just cringeworthy sad though when she breaks down crying oh yeah no. i know we're supposed to like feel sad and be like oh no she can't get defeat but on some level it just feels like cringy that this is what molly has been reduced to well, yeah, it just makes you hate those aliens. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's what makes me hate the aliens. I already hated them. Well, yeah, I mean, it makes you hate them more. And it makes me hate the people who wrote the episode because it just feels like they're being needlessly sadistic and, and cruel to poor Molly. Here, let me look up who wrote this so we can all blast them on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Jeff Vlaming, V-L-A-M-I-N-G, wrote this one. Did they and ever he, write another So Weird episode? Uh, yes, he wrote The Great Encanto, which is oh, another, wait, you know, you. classic. Yeah. Uh, and he also wrote Avatar. Oh, boy, this is a real oh, greatest hits here. Three. <laughs> I hate that one three. Yeah, yeah, those are his contributions to the So Weird lore. So, um, wow. <laughs> wow, I hate all of your stuff. Thank you for your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll be having uh, Mr. Fleming <laughs> on the show. <laughs> you know, I don't think we'll be interviewing him. <laughs> Thanks so, for helping to ruin our favorite show. We really yeah, appreciate yeah. each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I feel like that excuse a lot that all the episodes I hate are written by the same person. Right. We were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, he wrote Avatar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad when the great Encanto is the best out of that trilogy there. Oh, yeah. my God, Yeah. And that's just out of those three. I mean, that episode is just like, oh, this is like typical shitty season three quality. Uh, But that's another episode. We'll be pitching about that that. soon. (laughs) Take it for another one. So going back to this one, something that jumped out at me is that we have this random voiceover from Ned as the gang is pulling up in front of the house at the end. I heard that. I was like, is that a voiceover? Yeah, like, where did that come from? Why couldn't we just see Ned talk? Maybe he was already let go for the episode and they decided to film that scene later when when Eric Lively could actually be on set. Oh, maybe. maybe. Damn, we should have asked Dave that when we were interviewing him. I'm sure he yeah, would have absolutely remembered. <laughs> <laughs> no Irene this episode either, so yeah. Yeah. Sadness. Great sadness was having to see Molly run over and hug quote unquote Fiona, but it was such a tease. I wanted to see Fee too. I still yeah. feel so cheated that I didn't. Yeah, and I yeah, that's that too. 
that's the exact thing, you know, like as fans, we've been waiting to see Fee again. And when you're, you know, 10, 11, 7, however old you were when the show was originally airing, you don't understand that the actress has left the show forever and that she's obviously not going to come back. You know, your brain is not wrapped around the inner workings of behind the scenes television melodrama just yet. So you you assume like, oh, well, Fiona is going to be back. Like they're going to have the character back, right? No, it's a freaking fake shimp, Fiona. You know, it's just. Man, you know, they thought they could pull the wool over our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still bitter all these years later. They so, crushed my nine-year-old heart. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I feel like I'm lucky that I don't really remember watching this the original time. Otherwise, I'd be just as pissed as you. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I do. I remember that. And I remember thinking V was going to be in it and waiting and watching. And I remember that marathon going on and we finally get to this episode and you're waiting the whole time. And like at the very end of the episode, you just get that voiceover and the body double. It was very upsetting. And yeah. So it just ends. Yeah. You know, I'll admit, I do not remember seeing this one originally. I remember seeing very little of season three originally. I mean, other than like Changeling and Lightning Rod, I remember seeing those when they were new, but uh, not not too many. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, same. Yeah. Uh, though I will say there is like one little moment in this episode I do like where I don't even remember, you know, I watched this like half an hour ago and I, I don't, I've already forgotten so much about it, but <laughs> for, for some reason clue is on the bus and he says like one of these pseudo quasi fake profound things. And it's like, Oh, this is college clue. You know, I, I like, I like when he just drops random philosophical observations into casual conversation like that. He says that it evokes a kinder, less rash part of our past to travel these blue highways. Right. And you can almost imagine the pilgrims of old traveling through the woods. And then Jack says, pilgrims in the Rocky Mountains. And he's like, it could happen. Yeah, that was actually another one of my favorite moments in this episode. And uh, yeah, I only had three favorite moments. That one and the two Annie moments I mentioned earlier. And none of them saved this episode for me. <laughs> yeah, I think the only good part of this episode to me was that line about the panther being real because it moves along the story arc. But yeah. it seems like it was really out of place for a holiday episode to have such a key part of the story arc in it. Oh, well, in my opinion, all the Panther stuff is out of place. Like, the Panther stuff almost never makes any actual sense in the episodes to me. It always feels forced in and fake, and this is ridiculous attempt to build a myth arc that's compelling, even though it's absolutely not compelling in any way. You know, I, I think I've made my thoughts known about uh, Conrad before and how I feel like he's, he's total bogus bullshit, you guys. But um... Yeah. Yeah, but to an eight or nine-year-old, that Panther was fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I would have... <laughs> I mean, I think, I think it's cool now, but uh, to each their own... <laughs> Yeah, I would have been twelve around the time this aired, and oh, I gotta I tell you, too, too cool for Panther. Yeah, I was I was a cynical, jaded twelve year old. So uh... okay, I still had like all my Lisa Frank folders and pencil cases, <laughs> so I was down with the Panther. <laughs> I was about thirteen, and I was definitely down with the Panther. But I didn't understand in this episode why would they think that she's not human simply because there's a Panther that travels around with her. And they say, like, oh, well, humans are nearly afraid of everything. 
But why would they think she wasn't human simply because of the panther? It was so stupid to me. Well, it's because the aliens are fucking dumb, Jimmy. I think that's yeah. the obvious answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 And their magic iPads didn't tell them. <laughs> they don't have no. internet on the magic iPad. Yeah, the wife, the intergalactic Wi-Fi does not extend to this backwoods planet. <laughs> you just swirl your fingers back and forth to ride on it. We have no bars here on Earth, um, but <laughs> I feel like this conversation we're having is way more entertaining and insightful than this episode. It is. Yeah, I, yeah. Halfway through the episode, I wrote a note saying, I'm bored. This is the dullest alien story ever written. So unimaginable. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, compared to like the other previous alien episodes they did, it really sticks out. I mean, obviously, it is not the same type of aliens, you know. Um, and it just, it feels, you know, it does feel, it feels like a tedious episode because it's just repeating for the whole middle section. It's like, yeah, oh, we're and... about to get away. And then, nope, nope, aliens snap the fingers and we are delayed again. <laughs> and then it also includes the dumbest, most boring piece of dialogue in so weird history. Oh. Uh, let me demonstrate. No engine. No engine? No engine. I got to see this. Scintillating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love at the end when the bus actually starts going again and Molly's like, you fixed it. And Ned goes, I guess. <laughs> I love that part. He goes, I guess. Let's get on the bus before it decides to change its mind again. I thought that was a super funny line when he's like, I guess I fixed it. I don't know. Let's get out of here. Yeah, that was the only part that fit because I felt like it was uncharacteristic for Ned to try to fix the bus. Or even to try to offer to help out to fix the car there. Because, like, all the times the bus has broken down in the past, we always saw them call a mechanic to take care of it. Huh. Yeah, and uh, actually thinking about it, how uh, Ned almost crashed into them, I kind of wish he would have actually crashed into them. Uh-oh. Yeah, they would have deserved it. That, that, that would have taken this episode in a much darker direction. Intergalactic <laughs> if, hit and run. <laughs> or if they would have just ran over those orange cones, they would have been just fine. Yeah. Remember, like, the detour at the beginning? They're like, a detour on one of the main highways? Like, if they would have just ran over those cones and kept going? <laughs> you know, and I gotta ask, like, um, is there any good quality copy of this episode floating around there? Is there any version of this episode that isn't, like, weirdly orange? I made it, Zach. I thought you guys all got that. Uh, yeah, I, 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 never, I never downloaded it because I don't like this episode. <laughs> yeah, I haven't downloaded any of the uh, superior versions. I'm just still watching the rips on Daily Motion. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of edited like the Sinestro episode from, I think it's like Italian or something, and um, took their video feed, and then I had to put our English audio feed from the shitty episode over it. So it's wow, I didn't of, even know that they caught this episode. Yeah, they got a good version of it. So um, I did, I did make a updated edit. I'm sorry, you guys all had to watch the shitty one. <laughs> I, I'm. I Can hope you that the uh, that link on the forum. Yeah, I I did. It's on the forum. If you just scroll down, um, in the season three posting where they post those episodes, um, it's in there. Jimmy okay, is awesome. so disappointed in all of us right now. I, I know. I'm like. I can hear the frustration in your voice. Here I am thinking you watched a good version. But I'm really glad you did that because now I can use it for bidding. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of jumpy, but I feel like I did a good job with getting the voiceover in there. It took a lot of work. Yeah, I can imagine. 
And, and speaking of vidding, you know, I got to tell you, Kat, you've completely ruined the way I watch this show forever because there's one moment where, um, you know, what's his face? The older brother. Shit, my brain is on Harry, fire. Right? Harry. Carrie, Carrie, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to call him Lindsay for some reason. Please, please edit <laughs> So anyway, there's a moment where at the end of the episode where Molly runs up to hug Fee or Fee in quotation marks and Carrie says, I've never seen Molly run that fast before. And this is a completely innocent, meaningless bit of dialogue with absolutely no connotations at all. But I watch this and I'm thinking like, I bet the shippers make something out of that. I bet they did. <laughs> oh, you watch Molly run. huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you spend a lot of time looking at Molly run. Right. Uh, Lindsay? Yes. Shit, Carrie? Who's Lindsay? Uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so what I'm asking you, Kat, is is that, you know, is that another moment on the list it of... It is now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that contribution. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm contributing. Okay, so have we said everything we need to say about Earth 101? All right, we need to give it our ratings. Oh, boy. Um... Well, you know, looking at my original review here, I gave this a 4 out of 10, which seems a little too high. I would probably give it a 3 out of 10 now. Yeah, I think I would give it probably a 2. Yeah, it just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. Put that on the uh, the, the credits. Yeah, <laughs> and on the, I think the poster. you guys are being a little generous. I gave it a negative 5. <laughs> I hate it. Even knowing how it ends now, I still hate it. It's horrible as it is, and it highlights everything that is wrong with season three. It how really it does. Out everything we knew and loved from seasons one and two, how dumbed down the mysteries and the monsters have gotten, and how my favorite characters have just become mere shadows of their former selves. It's a bad episode. Jimmy? Yeah. Well, going along with what Kat was saying about them being mere shadows of themselves, I think they are avatars of themselves. And <laughs> since the writer wrote Avatar. But um, yeah, they definitely um, are not the same characters that they were um, that had so much substance. And, you know, um, they had such deep backstories. And we loved, you know, the two different families and the dynamic of them traveling together. Now it's just kind of like this kitty version for the third season. But I definitely give it like a two out of 10 as well. The only thing I really liked about it was seeing the orange panther eyes at the end of the episode and the fact that we got a little Fee voiceover, just that the story was about them going to see Fee kind of was nice. But other than that, it was such a bad episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, who who are the among the hardcore so weird fans? You know, who um, has figured out what specific episode that canned bit of Fiona dialogue is from? Oh, I thought it was from Sacrifice. Oh, is it? She, I knew one of you guys would know. Oh yeah, Sacrifice when she sees <laughs> her mom at the end. With her mom. Mom. Yeah. I, I knew one of you guys would know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, like when I heard it, I was like racking my brain. Like, I know, I know which episode from this is from. And then boom, it hit me. Huh. At the end, when they find the after she saved the Bigfoot. Um, yeah, she runs up and says, Mom. Are, are you okay, Jimmy? It sounds like you're sinking into a black hole. <laughs> no, I'm just super sick, so my nose is really stuffy, and I've been oh, okay. trying not to cough this whole time. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just super stuffy. Oh, okay, Sorry. okay, because it, it does sound like you're getting perpetually further away from the microphone. 
I'm like I'm a crying my... because of how painful this episode is. I am. Um, I'm crying. Damn you. <laughs> All right. Are we? Are we? We have a, a a quite a bit of feedback. It's been way too long since we've recorded. So. All right, here, I'll uh, I'll start. This is from uh, our Rewind episode. The This is from YouTube, and the comment was left by Allison. She says, <clears throat> listening to it now, the song kind of reminds me of something Hannah Montana would sing. Definitely a pop song that would be approved for a just barely preteen show, which I think really demonstrates how the tone of season three is different from one and two, where many of the stories became a bit more childish. However, I do think Alex has a pretty singing voice. I do like this episode. The mother wanting her daughter to be good at everything was very relatable to me, even if it did wrap up a little too nicely and the mother was too accepting that her daughter didn't want to be a magician. I wish the ma- didn't be a musician, excuse me. <laughs> I wish the magic was explained more. All right, thank you, Allison. This is from uh, Nisaya from Snapshot. Thanks again for reading my comments. Still love listening to your podcast also. What I heard about this episode, a camera stealing souls makes me think of the Goosebumps story, Say Cheese and Day. Not exactly the same, but the story is kind of similar to this episode in a way. Also, I wouldn't say I completely say goodbye to the show so weird. Uh, since I enjoy watching it so much when Halloween comes around, I decided to rewatch it along with the other Halloween stuff I plan to watch, especially the episode Boo, since it's so weird Halloween episode, and I thought it was a pretty good for a Halloween episode. Anyways, as a season three, I still don't know about it. Maybe one day I'll check it out. But right now, I'm not sure. I don't blame you. Stay away from season three. It'll only be heartbreak. <laughs> now, I wasn't on that episode. You know, it's so weird. It's so weird. That's so weird. Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark all did a Haunted Camera episode. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys mention that in the episode? Or was anybody? I, I don't here? think so. But oh, okay. uh, I do remember reading... Uh, that book and i do see where they're coming from yeah no it's so odd that all three like supernatural kid shows that were on around roughly the same time did that same plot that's interesting all right so another comment from snapshot by azian seti the soul stealing aspect definitely felt misapplied misplaced in this app especially when you guys mentioned james gar it felt more like maturity stealing which i think would have been interesting to explore when it came to the sisters' conflict, because I found their dynamic lacking and underdeveloped since they had very little interaction. I also felt that Jack's one-liner about photography foreshadowed the Muse app was a bit weak since he's never mentioned it at any time prior to that in season three. I also found it weird how Molly laughed at Carrie instead of calling Jack out on the door bucket prank. And the pacing in the last 10 minutes felt super rushed. Other than that, I did like that Annie figured out the mystery on her own, and some of the goofiness was a bit funny, and it was interesting to see Melissa Joan Hart's directing skills. I remember that behind-the-scenes feature promoting the F2. Overall, it was an okay app. As for the 20th anniversary, I'd be happy with just Disney releasing the show for digital download. They seem to be thinking of doing that with the original Bug Juice via Google Play after the reboot ended. It's still not purchasable yet, but the page for it is there whenever they get around to doing so. But I don't know. They're so selective in how it's 
celebrate old properties. Well, you know, and that just reminded me, I, I became, I was wondering if Melissa Joan Hart had ever gone on to direct other stuff. And apparently she's uh, done a lot of directing. She just recently directed a, the television remake of The Watcher in the Woods, which is also a Disney movie. And she directed a recent episode of The Goldberg. So she's still doing a lot of behind the camera stuff. Good for, good for Sabrina. Yeah. Well, All right. On. We have, uh, I guess, just two tiny little comments. Um, I don't know what podcast this is from, but Tessa Canterbury Tessa says, can you guys do top 10 characters? And then also from, um, what was that baseball episode? Singularity. Yeah, Singularity. Um, she also says Netflix should pick this show up for a sequel or a reboot, which, of course, we have talked about at length. Yes. Um, as for top ten characters, you know, uh, maybe that should maybe that should be some Patreon content. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I uh, remember I didn't actually make the comment, but uh, when I was uh, watching the first two seasons of the uh, podcast, I was going to make a comment that uh, for after the podcast is wrapped up, uh, there should be like special episodes for like top ten characters top 10 uh episodes stuff like that it would be interesting well you know just to remind the listeners yes we have a patreon last time i checked i think we had one patron and uh, we we have discussed making some sort of exclusive content for our one patron hopefully more you know now that we're actually talking about it please all give us your money but um <laughs> a top 10 character just like a short video talking about that that's something we could do um yeah it's something to think about yeah the gears are turning Okay, so this is on Carnival, correct? Yep. All right, and this is from Nisea. Cool stuff happening with So Weird recently on Watch Mojo. Top 10 Disney Channel shows that need to come back. So Weird was number nine on the list. I wish it wasn't lower on the list, but what can you do? Anyway, it's still cool that it was mentioned, and it shows there's a good amount of people on your side who also want the show to come back as well, um, as well as you and I do. So let's keep the faith going on. Thank you, Nisea. I hope we're not messing up your name there. <laughs> Okay, and also on Carnival from the GST reviewer, I remember Disney Channel played that Alex Johnson song all the time during commercial breaks. So bubblegummy, and so bubblegummy even at the time when you had acts like Britney, Christina, and Jessica Simpson dominating the pop scene. Uh, I think the more I rewatched season three, the more I realized how formulaic the show became uh, once Fiona left. Uh, it's like something is always happening in the main, happening to the main characters, whether and they'd be losing their memories or souls, or in this case with this episode, turning into circus acts. You go from James Garr to Carnival, uh, feels like night and day. Yeah, you know, there were there were a lot of season three episodes about the characters losing something or being changed into something, wasn't there? Yeah. It just really felt like the writers were run up, running out of ideas. Same. It's also from our Carnival episode. It's from Sunday uh, Dinobot or Dinobot. I approve of that username, Sunday <laughs> Dinobot, if you're listening. And it has a dinosaur avatar. That's cool. But it says, Jimmy, I love your enthusiasm for season three because the season is very disliked among the fandom. It's nice to hear from the perspective of someone who enjoyed it. I swear I watched this episode when it first aired, but I barely have any memory of it. 
when you guys mentioned the mirrors, I thought it was going to be that episode where evil alternate universe Annie arrives, but this was definitely not that episode. I usually don't like any of the Disney star songs, but I did like Alex's song in this episode. I guess I can respect that she does write or co-write her own music. Well, there cool. we have there we have another Annie fan in the audience. Uh, have we done the alternate universe episode yet? Not yet. No. Oh, good, because I, I want to talk about that one because I love the suggestion at the end that Annie just casually wipes out another dimension. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, moving back to Carnival. We have a comment from Lauren saying, thanks for featuring Alex's song at the end of this episode. I've actually never heard it before, and I don't know if it's the sound quality or what, but it sounds very 80s. It's like she was channeling channeling that nostalgic factor before it became a thing in music. Cool. Well, you know, I go back and I listen to a lot of, like, late 90s pop music, and it all sounds, it does sound rather 80s. You know, there's certain formulas recur throughout pop music history. Thank you for the comment, Lauren. All right, this is from Monique. I think this is just uh, general feedback we got um, from the Facebook page. First off, she says, there's a podcast for the show. Smiley eyes emoji, smiley face emoji. Um, have you met a fan of the show who grew up in the Cayman Islands? She says, okay, uh, I don't know. Um, are there other fans of So Weird in the Cayman Islands somewhere in our listener base? Comment mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you are. Comment if you're from that area. <laughs> Huh. And thank you for the comment, Monique. And uh, for Carnival again from Azanceti. Uh, I did find the concept behind this app interesting, but like y'all said, uh, the clarity and cohesiveness fell flat. I love your suggestion about the Carnival Sashmir's having a longer history of eating people. That would have uh, been a better setup. As a kid, I always found Molly as the melting woman so creepy because it looked so real to me, lol. And for once, I liked the one-on-one between Molly and Annie before she the stage. And the dialogue actually sounded genuine and natural. Unlike the one in Eddie's desk, it's a mess of an episode, but I like it better than Snapshot. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, not same. the best episode, but I better than Snapshot. You know, guys, I I do I remember the Melissa Joan Hart channel promo for Snapshot better than I remember Snapshot, so I can't. Even... <laughs> <laughs> and our next comment is from Tessa Canterbury. Tessa, ironic because spoiler alert: at the end of season eleven of Supernatural. Dean and Sam's mom comes back from the dead and was not well-received by fans. So I guess So Weird did good by at least not doing that with Rick. Still would have rather have that than the season three we got. Oh, no, you spoiled Supernatural for me, a show I'm totally going to watch someday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not spoiled because it's supposed to be on season 11. I think they're on like season 15 or something crazy like that. I'm being sarcastic. I'm never going to watch that show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is from our second generation episode. It's from a gizmo cat. Um, They say, I love this episode. Science interacting with paranormal is always the best because it's like oil and water. I'm a fee and clue shipper, but second choice would be fee and Ryan. Nice. Yeah, I like the fee and Ryan um, ship as well. And he guest starred on Fear the Walking Dead recently. And um, yeah, he's uh, really hot. 
<laughs> okay. Um, all right. Good to know. <laughs> okay. So our last comment here, is this the last one? Okay. This appear to be the last one. This is for Carnival. And this is from Andrea, of course, holding it down. She says, thank you. I now see the cornball aspects of the episode now that I am older, but when I was a kid, I really loved this episode, and To Dream About You is my favorite song of Alex Johnson's. I so clearly remember clips of Alex against a white backdrop singing her song, and then the commercial switched from that to the scene where she is singing on the stage. Those memories are imprinted into my brain. I very much look forward to your opinions on Earth 101, which is yet another corny episode. But funny, someone in one of the earlier episodes dreaded the idea of talking about the sorry excuses for aliens. I laughed when I look back on it because, first off, why do they talk like robots? And just like the backwards recording and rewind, the aliens in this episode further confirm that Annie's Panther is real. Also, if they want to study the reason for human happiness, you would think the aliens would study more than just one family. You can't zero in on one group of people and draw your conclusions by extrapolating from very limited data. And another thing, as we may all know, as we as we may all know, family does not always equal happiness. Uh, see, she's on the same wavelength as I am with the whole Thanksgiving thing. Another thing I want to say is that I find it interesting that in the brief moment when Molly runs up to Fiona, it is not actually Kara standing at the door, and Fee's voice is simply a voiceover. So who was actually standing at the door for that brief moment? Do any of you podcasters have the inside scoop on that? I'm a, I know it's a little thing, but I'm curious. All right, that's a great question. Do we know who Fiona's body double was? No, I don't think so. Ah, secret, secret hidden information. I love you, Andrea, for all of the points that you brought up. Yeah, you know, I've always said Andrea is like the, the fifth guest, the, the fifth host, because she always somehow zero ins on the things we're going to say before we say them. So thank you so much <laughs> for your continued support of the show. Yeah. I mean, you're the expert. Were you able to dig in and find out who that double was? I was going to say, I feel like at some point in time, we did actually like reach out to that person or that person reached out to us and like said, hey, I was that I was the body double. I, I feel like I have a memory of at some point in time finding out who it was. But right now, I don't know. Well, That's Fiona's it. body double, if you're listening, come on the podcast and defend yourself. Please. Yeah. How yeah. was it hugging Mackenzie Phillips? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, Kara is uh, actually, they have her on IMDb, even though she's not the one there. Yeah, yeah. She's credited on the IMDb page for this episode, yeah. even though it is obviously not her. So probably the editors. Because, probably because it was her voice. Yeah, I, I don't know. The editors were just asleep at the wheel on that one. <laughs> so not only did we not get to see Fee, the person who's not Fee also didn't even get credit for the role. Um, exactly. Jacked up. No, they only credit, which I know his name is Simon on IMDb, but in the end of the episode, they actually called the male alien. They say his name is Court, C-O-R-T, and his real name is Courtney. So I don't know if they did that on, like, if the writers did that on purpose. But according to the episode, his name is not Simon. It's Court. And huh. then Michelle Harrison's alien character is Heather. And then they only credit the guy at the counter who took their money. And then the scientist at the beginning. So they don't credit the body double, no. Huh. Well, that's just bogus, man. Yeah, now I'm upset for the body double. And, like, not upset as in I'm upset you're not scared, Elysia. I'm upset for you for not getting credit when you should have. Huh. 
Man, big business screwing over the little people, like always. Mm-hmm. This is why we need socialism in this country. Anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, old man, Doc. Oh, I am an old man. It's true. I'm ancient. I'm 75 years old. Anyway, so um, is that all we have to say tonight? Are we ready to wrap this one up? Uh, yeah. All right. We, we're sorry for the delay on this one, guys. You know, it's just it's getting harder and harder to get everybody's schedules to line up. But needless to say, the episode, the series is still ongoing, and you will hear from us again as soon as possible. As always, I am Zach. I am Melissa. I'm Kat. And I'm Jimmy. And this has been the So Weird Podcast. Thank you for listening and keep the faith.